invite your attention, please, to the book of Revelation, chapter 7. We're slowly making it through the book of Revelation. And uh, again, I want you to remember, there is no way you can possibly, we can possibly conceive this in our mind because we have no frame of reference. We can't say this is like that because this, these things that we're talking about that John is seeing is still future for us and they have never happened before. And earth will go through cataclysm like never before. It's not like World War II. It's not like World War I. It's not like the Santorini cataclysm that took place a long time ago. This is even much worse. I was thinking, you know, when we talking just recently about earthquakes. Well, earthquake is one area. All the damage. Think when the whole earth shakes. That's hard to understand. But we want to begin, first of all, by saying keep in mind that though these seals are meted out one after the other, that many of them are functioning simultaneously on people on planet Earth. And while the Earth is undergoing the, the worst disaster ever, God seems to give a brief time out before any other events occur. And we'll see that uh, soon. And he causes everything to be still for a time. And this, perhaps, is just the eye of the storm before anything gets worse. I shared with you that the hurricane that my parents went through in 1932, uh, again, on a small island where there was no electricity. I even grew up without any electricity and uh, not knowing electricity until I actually moved to the States. But my father continues to tell the story there uh, until the day he died, how that that happened. He was an eight-year-old boy. And again, no communication, no radio, no satellite, no TV, no Internet. And a, a hurricane comes in the second week of November, which is almost unheard of. Average time is September for a hurricane. That's the average month for a and he said, so we had several, and then it came, he says, one man on the island had a barometer, and it started to drop. He said, we knew something wasn't right. That's all we knew. He said, the hurricane did much damage. He said, it killed a lot of people. He said, actually, there were bodies of children hanging from the trees, because, again, this was a small island that was inundated. I don't know how bad it was. But he said, that wasn't the damage that was really bad. It really came when we thought it was all over. It was all, everything was clear, and everybody went out and didn't realize that we were just in the eye of the storm. And they always say the second half of the hurricane is always worse than the first. And said people were caught unaware and thought this was all over, and it came back, and it did so much more damage. My dad had to swim through uh, places, and uh, my great aunt had the baby washed right out of her arms. As it goes, every family on that small island lost somebody. So you can see how a, a natural disaster, we, I noticed my parents always uh, gauged life as to, was that before the 32 storm or after when they were a child? That's the way they saw it. So this might be the eye of the storm. We'll, we'll see that in, in, uh, uh, real soon. And uh, 
you know, no matter what, either storm, God might punish the earth, but you've got to understand that he never leaves his people without a witness. Never. Because God is God. I want you to look at chapter uh, 7, and we'll read verses 1 through 8 to begin with. And we want to see, first of all, these people we're talking about here are the sealed Jews on the earth. Now, in the back of your bulletin, you can see that some things to fill out, and, and obviously what's missing there is the sealed Jews on the earth. And that's what we're talking about for right now in verse 1 through 8. It says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard a number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed, and hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah, they were sealed twelve thousand. The tribe of, of Reuben, they were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Gad, twelve thousand. Let me just move along there. Of the tribe of Asher, twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Nephilim, twelve thousand. The tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. You know, we could name this, <laughs> this section here with the real 144,000. Please stand up. Now, if you know anything about religions, you'll also know that the, the theme of the beginnings of Jehovah's Witnesses with Charles Taze Russell began with him reading the book of Revelation and believing that he was going to start a religion of which 144,000 would be called by God. And, you know, if it was of God, you know, you wouldn't have to backpedal a little bit later. Even like the Mormons. Do you know the Mormons had to believe there, there, there are three levels of heaven? And they even taught for years. If this was of God, they wouldn't have to backpedal. For a long time, and I had my notes from Sandra Tanner, who used to be uh, a Mormon years ago. And uh, they taught that only black people could only make it to the lowest spot. Do you know what? Political correctness. They changed that. Why would they change something that came from God? Just like why would the Presbyterians change something that came from God and, and say that homosexuality is just fine right now? God doesn't need to be amended. The Bible does not need to be amended. Well, Charles Hayes Russell believed this. And guess what? You know how error catches on compared to truth. And Jehovah's Witnesses started to flourish until they did the count and realized there were more than 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. So they had to backpedal and say, what we really meant was this, and now we change it to this. 
If this man had been saved, he was a door-to-door shoe salesman. If he had been enlightened by the Word of God, he would have had enough sense to realize this was not during earth as we know it then, or even now. This is still in the future for us. Only a simple-minded or spiritually devoid person could possibly misunderstand exactly who these people are. Do you know in Scripture that a seal, as it's talked about here, is, indicates uh, ownership and protection? Now, today God's people are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are sealed. Remember, he's called the earnest of our expectation. See it as the Lord has gave us the Holy Spirit as a, as an engagement ring, a down payment. He says, if the Spirit of God's in you, that means that your total, final, ultimate redemption will be when I take you to heaven. So we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, we find this, of course, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Again, these are in your notes there. And... Uh, This is God's guarantee that we are saved and we are safe and that he will one day take us to heaven. Now, the 144,000 Jews will receive the Father's name as their seal in chapter 14, verse 1. We'll look ahead a little later on and we'll see that. And that's in the contrast to the mark of the beast that the Antichrist will give those who follow him. Again, uh, chapter 13, 14, 16, and 20. Now, this seal will protect those Chosen Jews from judgment that will hurt the earth and the sea. I mean, this is going to be cataclysm. You don't want to be on planet earth for this. I can't explain it enough because I don't comprehend it enough. I can't imagine the whole earth shaking, not just San Andreas' fault. Do you realize just south of us, I think it's North American... uh, something, I forget what it's called, but it runs from San Andres and then down. And right south of Cayman, between Cayman and Jamaica, is called the Cayman Trench. That's also a huge fault. And just south of Grand Cayman is a uh, fault that goes down 24,000 feet deep into the Caribbean, which is the deepest place in the Western Hemisphere. What happens when the North American plate and this plate and that plate, I mean, literally, shaking so bad that people could be thrown miles? You say, no, oh, that's, that's science fiction. That's mo-. Unprecedented, it's in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. I can't even begin to think what this is going to be like. Well, again, the seal will protect these Jews. And occur when the first angel blows the, the, the first, uh, their trumpets. Now, we'll see that in Revelation chapter 8. These judgments are going to intensify when the horrible locusts, locusts, yeah, will be released from the pit. And that's in chapter 9. We'll see that as well. Protected from these awesome judgments, these 144,000 will be able to do the work and glorify God. They will be immune. God says, I am going to... I mean, you heard him say to one of the churches there in chapter 2 and 3, Behold, I give you an open door. Now, these men are going to have, as the CB, player, uh, CB uh, radio men used to say years ago, 10-4, um, uh, good buddy, you got a clean shot. <laughs> Remember that? In other words, 
I'm giving you opportunity. You're not going to get sick. You're not going to be bothered by these other things. I'm going to give you a clean shot to give as much testimony to the world as possible. Well, this is a great witness to the love of God here. It tells us that though Israel rejected God and crucified his Savior, their Messiah, that God harbors no hatred in the heart for these Jews. He has not written Israel off. If you don't believe it, read Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Right in the middle of doctrine, he throws that in to remind us as well today. They are included in his plan. And during the tribulation, when the churches are gone, it will become evident that God has not forgotten Israel. Now, you know, people scoff at the Bible or have no place for God in their lives. They ought to ask themselves, why is this tiny country of Israel playing such an important role and a part in the world today? I just looked. Do you realize the nation of Israel is even smaller than New Jersey? New Jersey. I knew they were close, but I didn't realize that New Jersey is about several hundred more square miles than this little country of Israel. Why is it continually in the news? Why did it refuse to stay dead, buried in the pages of history? Why, since its resurrection in 1948, has it been the center of so much attention? Even this past week we heard. Why? Because back in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, God pledged His love to the Jewish people. This is what He said, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Everlasting means forever. Now you see the phrase there, from every tribe, clearly marks these people as Israelites. These Israelites are the first converts of the tribulation, according to chapter 14. They come to God at the commencement of the tribulation. So to clear up any confusion, and let's not get a new religion started here by people being confused about who these 144,000 are, and we'll see this Again, later on, they're only mentioned twice in the Bible, this chapter and another chapter coming up. This place, this takes place in the future, during the Great Tribulation, not now. God seals or marks these people. They will be Israelites. 12,000 come from each of 12 tribes of Israel described. And to be precise, they will be 144,000 male Jewish virgin evangelists. Now, if you say, that's too cloudy, I can't, could you be more specific? No! If you didn't catch it there, I'm sorry. The Bible will, will make it clear uh, that this is exactly who they are. They will be, not women now, I'm sorry, women will not be involved in this, and there won't be some guy who's married and, and, and a very loving father and husband. Th- these will be, again, of the 12 tribes, 12 tribes, 12,000 for each tribe, 144,000, do the math. They will be Jewish of all these tribes. They will be virgin because they will not touch a woman. And they will be an evangelist that have been 
let go by God to preach throughout the world the wonderful works of, of God and, and Jesus Christ. So we see the sealed Jews in the earth. Now let's go to the saved Gentiles in heaven at this time. Let's go to verse 9 and through 17. We'll read this. John says, And after this I beheld and I saw a great multitude which no man could number of all the nations. By the way, the word nations in the Greek is ethnos. This means race. Okay? Not talking about geography here. It's talking about Caucasian, black, Hispanic, Indian, Asian, you name it. A combination of, of everyone, if, if it takes place. And kindred and people and tongues bef- stood before the throne. They're in heaven. And before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and psalms in their hands. Excuse me, palms. They literally had palm branches in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne, and all the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and honor and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more. They shall neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun uh, light on them nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know, God promises us a blessing hearing that and reading that today. The only book, again, you shouldn't miss this. As a matter of fact, you ought to read ahead and say, Lord, I want a blessing. I want, I want to be spiritually blessed from this. So, there is no doubt as to who these multitudes are here. Because one of the elders explains it to John in verse 14. John says, They are Gentiles who have been saved through faith in Christ during the tribulation period. Now, we'll meet them in chapter 14. Again, remember, it's not like this and like this. A lot of times it's, it's, we're seeing this. It's not like the trumpet judgments and the vial and, and the bowls. It's, it's pandemonium. As I was saying to my kids this past week, poor Chuck was shaking his head. He's already been through so much after and then seeing the car wrecked there by some kid that purposely tried to, to, uh, to destroy it. I said, you know, adversity is when this happens, and not something later, but adversity. Job. Job is a perfect example of adversity. Bang, 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 bang. 
almost like Job said, anyone else coming? <laughs> I'm going to line up here like, like, a, like planes at Atlanta Airport, you know. Bad news, bad news, bad news. And this is, you know, disaster after disaster. Not one, but simultaneously. All this going on. Again, while most parts of the world, it's relatively easy to confess Christ, this will not be the case in the tribulation. Even people later on say, well, if I end up in the tribulation, I'll trust God. It's going to cost you big if you do. Especially the last part. Then unless persons wearing the mark of the beast, we'll hear about that, and I'm sure you've heard about it as well, they will not be able to buy or sell, and this would leave them without life's bare necessities. How bad? Well, try buying something without money. I mean, you know how rough that is. And most of the time people who steal, you know, have money, just don't want to spend it on what they need only in what they want. But think of those who will suffer for the Lord simply because they got saved during the tribulation period. And they will not, they can only have, hey, you can only have one mark. You can't have the mark of the beast and you can't be with the mark of the Lord any more than you can be possessed by the Holy Spirit and by the demons. It's just not possible. You're either filled with the Spirit or you're not. You're either saved or you're not. See, verse 16 indicates that they suffered hunger and thirst and lack of shelter in their ordeal. The fact that they're standing, though, before the throne and not seated uh, around the throne indicates that these people are not identified with the 24 elders. John himself didn't know who they were. He had to ask, who are these people? Wow, look at all of these people. They're around the throne. Who are these? John gave a beautiful description about these people. First of all, you see, he said they were accepted. For they, were, they stood before God and, and, and through the throne of, and, and the Lamb. No doubt they had been rejected on earth, for they stood for truth at a time when lies were very popular and Satan is in charge. I mean, hell will be in session big time 24-7. No closing during the tribulation. Their white robes and palms symbolized victory. They were true overcomers, though. The Jews used palm branches at their feasts of tabernacles. Again, this you see in your notes there in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 40 through 43. And this was a very special time of national rejoicing. It's almost like the triumphal entry all over again. What a blessing! What a what a great time in heaven! Well, not only that, they were joyful. You see here, they sang praises to the Father and to the Lamb, and their worship was joined by all those who surrounded the throne. And thirdly, they were also rewarded. They had the privilege of being before God's throne and serving Him. When God's people get to heaven, there will be work to do. And by the way, I'll try to do a blog sometime. Let me say this, deviate for a second. You probably, what three letters do you see 
on most tombstones of people who have died. What does that mean? Do you know that is the biggest lie that has ever been told? Do you realize anyone that's in the devil's hell will not rest? Do you realize any child of God that's in heaven will never rest? We who have been born again or been lost will never rest. There is no cloud in heaven we will sit on. We're not going to be plucking our harps. We're going to be busy for all eternity. And unfortunately, people in hell will be very busy as well. Rest and peace is a lie from the pit of hell. No matter who they are. Well, you know, when God's people get to heaven, there'll be work to do. We will be able to serve Him perfectly. The Lamb will shepherd us and satisfy us with every good thing. Again, Isaiah 49.10 and Revelation 21.4. And see, the opening of the seventh seal will introduce the trumpet judgment. You say, it's not over? No. It hasn't even gotten started yet. And this will occur in chapter 8 through 11. And the wrath of God will increase both in intensity and in scope. But before that occurs, we are assured that even in his wrath, God remembers mercy, according to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. And despite the wrath of God and the terror inspired by Satan and his helpers, multitudes will be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the only way anyone who has ever been on planet Earth can be saved. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He didn't know it was Jesus at the time, but... Again, he's, he got saved on credit. He believed in the Redeemer come. He believed it would be someone that would sacrifice themselves for him. God even killed some animals and shed their blood and set up an altar there for even Adam to understand. That's why Cain didn't want to go that way. Well, I'm sorry. Again, that reminds us that not everybody in the family is always saved. You know, no matter what age or dispensation we're in, God's way of salvation has always been the same. Faith in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. You know, sad to say, however, multitudes during that time will also reject the Savior and trust the beast. Keep in mind, just a couple of weeks ago, I said the phrase antichrist, anti not only means against Christ, it also means in place of him. He will come and set up and say, I am Christ. The Lord said that's what people would say. And he will be the salvation of the earth. He will put things together that's never been put together before. They will have no choice. And it will just make perfect sense to so many people. They're just as condemned as the tribulation centers who receive the mark of the beast, even people today. And you know, some might see the tribulation as an exciting time to be saved. But actually, those who are saved will face deprivation, torture, and in many cases, death. Many people during that time will be saved. Yes, they'll be saved. And they will pay dearly. You think what goes on in Iran 
and Somalia and Saudi Arabia now, North Korea, for the cause of Christ. Think about that all over the world. Christians are going to be public enemy number one. Like Ahab, they're going to blame all this on their God. All I can say, folks, if you've never trusted the Savior, you need to do it now. That's all I can say. And you know, for us that are saved, we need to realize somebody's got to get to them. You know, I'm all for prayer requests. Having prayer requests, people who are lost, people that we're concerned about. But let me say this. If you're only concerned to the family and friends has to put them on the list. Shame on you. These people that you put on the list, you've always should have prayed for and witnessed to. Don't say, Lord, I want to see them saved. Send somebody to witness them. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Yeah, that's real love. You better tell them because God is coming. Lord's coming. I have no fear. <laughs> I have no fear of the future. Now, I kind of have some worries right now because I'm still in the flesh, but one of these days I'm going to be out of here and so shall I ever be with the Lord. But until then, we got to, we can't be in the sweet and by and by because we've got to live in the nasty now and now and things are getting worse. And remember, God said this has to be, but the end is not yet. It's a great reason to call for salvation. The cross We put the cross up there. I want you to be thinking about it. And never forget, when you see a cross, I know we see Jesus on the cross, but you should put yourself up there because it was your cross. He only took it to pay you from going there. And I'll never forget when a concept came to me years ago that sin has to be paid for. Always, sin has to be paid for. And here's my take on this. In this life, you, can, you have the option of letting Christ pay for that sin by his finished work on the cross of Calvary, or you can wait till death and pay that debt of sin for all eternity. That's, that's the gospel in a nutshell. You can accept him now, Or you can pay your price. You can pay the debt yourself, which you know is the gospel truth. Try it. What a beautiful time it's going to be up there. Ah, But you know, even here it says that the Lord had to wipe away tears. There's another thought I got a few years ago about heaven and hell. It wouldn't be heaven if we could remember. And it wouldn't be hell if they could forget. It's going to be tough when we have to leave family and friends. But God says, I can't leave. It won't be heaven for you realizing all eternity. So and so didn't make it. He's going to have to wipe away memories and tears. But if you remember the story about rich man and Lazarus, the Lord said, Son, remember? 
and one of the most horrifying things of people in hell will be reliving that time over and over and over and over again when they got that close to being saved and never did. They'll go through that for all eternity. You say, how can you say it? Because it's in the Word of God. I'm not preaching anything new. All this is at least 2,000 years old. It's been there in the Bible for a long time. Are you saved? I'm looking forward to, I mean, really. You know why I believe the Bible more and more? I simply look at what's going on here. I look at human nature, which shows me sinful nature. I look and see things going down. We're not evolving. We're, being, we're becoming more like animals all the time. Evolving. If we were, we would be almost perfect. And now the Bible says how it was before Noah's time. It's just like us. We're living like animals. Talking, walking, money-making, walking erect animals. It has nothing to do with social status or money or anything else. It's who you are. It's who we are. God wants to change you. And only God can. I beg and I beg because I want to see people saved. Again, I talked with my sister last week. Again, I thanked her for praying. I thanked my aunt for praying for me too. I said, my brother came up, you know. I said, yes, this... I said, my brother's on the prayer list here. This is a brother who made a profession of faith in the Baptist church and got saved. But I'm not going by what there. I went by his life, which showed me over the years absolutely no fruit. The Bible says it's not by, we don't know them by their profession. We know them by their fruit. And I conclude that my brother is lost. I don't care what he did in the past. Because if God had been his life, there would have been a change. And God would not let him run like he's been running. So I pray for him. Now, if he is and I'm wrong, I'll apologize when I see him in heaven. Right now, I'll pray for him. Are you saved? I want to see him. We are such unique beings. God has made us with a mind and a will and emotion to appreciate things and be blessed. And uh, I wish everybody could go to heaven. But you see right now, you look around planet Earth, you see nothing but sinful nature having its place. Very little of righteousness being done. A lot of self-righteousness, but little of righteousness. Why don't you come to the Savior today? If you've never trusted Him, you're saved. You have got to make it for you. And there is no, there is no group plan of salvation. It comes by individual only. And by the way, getting to heaven, there is no tickets at the door. You must make advance reservations right now before you go. Why don't you come? Let's stand and we sing. Father, thank you for your word and we thank you for what we saw this morning. Lord, uh, we, we believe all this is going to happen. I don't know how. I cannot wrap my mind around this to imagine the, 
I don't know what to call it. I want to say horrific. I want to say calamity. I want to say disaster and put all those things together. And it's nothing like that because we have no reference. This is unprecedented. Lord, I pray for salvation. As we saw last week, week before last, the Lord's calling us. It's been the longest invitation that you've ever given to mankind. Come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Let me put my yoke upon you. Let, let me uh, take your yoke and put it upon me. Lord, you're good. You're great. You're the greatest. That's why we worship you. That's why we praise you. No one else but God can do these. No one else but God is worthy of this. No one but the Lamb of God that take, takes away the sin of the world. So, Lord, touch hearts this morning. Help people to do what they need to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Page number 483. 483. Savior is waiting to enter
that are in
Jesus died. 